Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1123. Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here talking with a, talking through a series called Fixing the Ravens here. And joining us again, we've had him on a couple times recently, is Alec Pulianis of Ravens Recap. How are you doing, Alec? Doing well, Ken. Thanks for having me on again. All right. Outstanding topic tonight. And, and this, this is a really good one and one that you hear talked about sometimes, 
but I don't think people really get at some of the pervasive underlying things that go with. And this is about getting to the line of scrimmage quickly on offense, something that the Ravens have really never done in the Lamar era and something we certainly associate with some other great quarterbacks. We're going to talk through some of these issues, but Alec, I, I want you to introduce this the way you'd like to introduce it. Though. Why don't you talk us through what your thoughts were? Yeah, I think we saw the Ravens throughout the year have a trouble getting to the line of scrimmage with enough time to exit, uh, execute plays with confidence. I feel like there's a lot of times you'd see them get to the line of scrimmage um, and kind of at the last second snap the ball. Unfortunately, there's not many um, statistics that you can pull up to to see the breakdown of like how many seconds were left on the clock when snaps went. But what you can look at is um, delay of game penalties, the ultimate kind of expression of letting time run. And the Ravens had eight delay of game penalties, which was the most uh, of the teams I researched, which I considered all the teams in our division and um, playoff teams or teams with young uh, star quarterbacks in the AFC that you know might be in the way for the Ravens. So the Ravens had eight of these on the year, and it wasn't just, uh, you know, a Lamar or Huntley problem. Um, Lamar had five of them, mm-hmm. and um, it resulted in seven stall drives. The Bengals actually had seven of them all year long, but it only stalled three of their drives. Um, and then you have the Browns with six uh, delay of games, five stall drives, and Steelers with three and two. Um, the Chiefs don't seem to be troubled by this. Only one delay of game all year, and it did not stall their drive. Chargers had three with two stalls. Bills three with three stalls. And then Titans five with three stalls. Yeah, Those were- are the teams I looked at. There were four other teams that had more. I'm looking at the at the overall stats here uh, on NFLpenalties.com. So the Rams had 10 and led the league. Wow. <laughs> Which is a little, little surprising. Congratulations, uh, Rams. D- Detroit had nine, uh, New England nine, and New Orleans nine. So you definitely had a mix of some good and some bad teams that were in that group. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you do see teams get more of those on the road than at home. And that was certainly true of the Ravens too. It was only five of eight and the Ravens was eight of 10 for the Rams, for example. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I do not have stalled drives here. So that's, the, that's a really good stat for you. Look up, get, you can get that from NFL Jesus. I know. Uh, but for the LA Rams, I don't happen to have that. Um, anyway, that's interesting. And, and do we talk stalled? We, we talk stalled drives already. Yeah. So we have the, the stalled drives that, you know, that's obviously a huge problem. And the Ravens had quite a few stall drives this year on, on various penalties that um, obviously can lower your offensive output. Mm-hmm. So, so the seven stall drives, seven seventeenths of a stall drive per game is, is 0.4 drives per game ended due to penalties. One of the big things you need to try for as a defense is to try and create offensive penalties which create those negative plays mm-hmm. create the variance that's necessary to get offenses off the field. So it's very difficult to do. And, and, you know, when an offense will occasionally do it to themselves and 40, you know, 0.4 times per game, they're doing you a huge favor. So I, I, I look at that and I say, uh, I did not expect that to be a big deal, mm-hmm. but it's a big deal. I mean, it's a big deal to have seven drives stalled in a season by, by just a false start penalty. Sorry, by a, a delay of game penalties. And if we think back to, to that week three game against the Lions, it almost cost them the ball game. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that, I mean, and they need every single yard they could get on that Tucker kick uh, mm-hmm. so he could win, you know, play of the year. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a huge example. And I think actually the L.A. Rams one, I, I just looked it up on Jesus. It says mm-hmm. eight for the regular season. So uh, it looks like two for the postseason, which got okay. the, the number up. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, the, they only had three cell drives from that. So 
Uh, at least they were able to recover, I guess. But um, yeah, the the Ra- uh, rather the Ravens really struggle with this. And another one that I think you could look at is um, false starts. But it's hard to know which false starts were caused by uh, you know not knowing the cadence and or maybe like a false start that happened at you know one second left, zero seconds left, kind of thing. I think I recall a couple of those during the year as well. Yeah, uh, you know, that could be illegal formation penalties. Sometimes you have an illegal shift penalty that might happen because of a late to the line of scrimmage situation. Definitely right. a possibility here. Yep. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, uh, yeah, it, there's <laughs> some, some very interesting things here. I, 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 the late game is an interesting thing to look at. I, I, I expected to be nothing. The, the, what I expect to be the big deal is what notionally I think of when I think about great quarterbacks is their ability to sugar huddle and call a lot of the game at the line of scrimmage. So the old Colts teams of the Manning era would call just a formation at the line of scrimmage or just in the huddle. And they'd go to the line of scrimmage and they'd, they'd add the window dressing for the receivers with their, with their, their skill position players, I should say with their, with their wording. Um, It's, it's the, it's the kind of thing that it's really hard to adjudicate just how valuable that is, but you know that great quarterbacks do it, so it must have some value. Well, I know for a fact, um, in a Tom Brady interview once, he said that he reads the defense pre-snap, Yeah, right? I mean, most quarterbacks would, but he said that he knows where he wants to go with the ball pre-snap. He doesn't have to wait to see how it unfolds. He's done enough you know, film study and has enough time yeah. playing the game that he just, that's that's how he makes his decisions. He just has to execute the play rather than, you know, watch the play to to figure it out. So that's a a huge thing, right? Yeah, exactly true. And, and, you know, he has that, that quarterback has several things, several ways he can read the play. First of all, they can use a false set and then reset to get somebody to the other side of the field right away. How the defense moves for that. It's, it's like getting a free motion that mm-hmm. you can you can then take a look at. And and you know a lot of teams we've seen the Ravens use a fair amount of that double motion where Ricard will go across and then come back kind of thing mm-hmm. and they get an extra chance to read the defense. I I just I don't think that the Ravens use that information as well. But but if if you look at old Manning and Brady, Manning had a lot of fakery he did at the line of scrimmage. But mm-hmm. some of it was throwing out words out there and you know the the word that's always associated with with uh with Manning is, is going to be Omaha for the rest of his life yep. <laughs> uh, is, is a, it, you know, you, a word you continually hear at the line of scrimmage. And, and it, it's as if he's trying to get the defense to show him something. And then he has a lot of time to, to pick things out. And, you know, when I say a lot of time, it's usually maybe 15 seconds, 16 seconds. These guys are trying to get to the line. I know one, one year, the, the Patriots were up as high as about 18 seconds in terms of when they get to the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. remaining on the play clock. That's an eternity to actually do things. In fact, <laughs> some things would tell me your offensive linemen and, and some of your other offensive skill position players for that matter might have trouble holding their water that long. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about that too. Like you need to make sure you have discipline if you're at the line that long uh, to know when I guess, uh, you know, the snap cadence is actually starting rather than, uh, yeah, I'm curious how they actually manage that. If it's like uh, some kind of motion to say like, okay, now we're actually going to start our, our cadence in some way. Right. So, so, you know, you, you, you know, all the normal things to look for in terms of the, the right guard, usually sometimes mm-hmm. the left guard tapping on the rear end of the, the, the center and whatnot, or the head bobs and other things that go with that uh, start into the uh, gotta, yeah, yeah. Yeah, time. And, and, you know, it can be silent, too. So you're 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 dealing with foot pats or not. Uh, it, it, the, the linemen are into that. They're they're 
timed into that. If you look at Michael Orr and his years working with Burke, uh, Orr had a lot of trouble kicking to the outside and really getting in front of uh, people. He had a lot of problems in general playing <laughs> tackle in this league, but but he had a lot of trouble really getting getting out, getting quickly enough. And a lot of his ability to deal with it, either on either side, honestly, was the ability to get out of his stance quicker and get away with some false start penalties where he had it timed up within one within one to two clicks of the snap of the football. So he, he might be six one hundredths of a second early on the snap. He'd get away with it. He'd also be three one hundredths of a second late. You've ever gone through driver's ed? Mm-hmm. They put you through a test sometimes, a physical test. And this is, I'm sure, on my age now at 58, you know, it's been over 40 years since I took driver's ed, obviously. But they, they used to show us a green light and you had to hit the brake. Mm-hmm. And what they were trying to teach you is how long it takes you to do that. And if you're really good, you know, you're, you're two-tenths of a second kind of thing. Well, obviously, no offensive lineman is good enough to get up in three one-hundredths of a second. Mm-hmm. And yet, uh, you know, he's he he was right on right up. That's that's because he understands he's dialed into that cadence uh, in terms of what of what's going on. Burke may actually have other uh, you know, ticks. He's giving it away to or in, in that particular case. But it's it's a it's just a, um, a it's it's something the offensive line has to really be keyed into to maximize. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think um, just going back to the um, quarterback, you know, ring the defense you know that gives them an opportunity to check out of things or make adjustments sometimes you know if you're getting to the line of scrimmage with 10 seconds left by the time you do your motion that you already had pre-planned you might not be able to do an audible right Mm -hmm. based off the information you received it might be good enough for you to know something's wrong with the play but you might not be able to fix it right yeah you you uh you you do need to have that time to audible and you know that's that's a a very good point there though i mean it's not it's you, you you do gain one other thing by the way i want to make make clear this when you when you get to the line of scrimmage early, it's usually because you're keeping the same personnel on the field, and that no huddle has a big advantage in terms of teams that rely heavily on substitution on defense. So if you've got a pass rush tired out, you can keep a pass rush tired out by just keeping your own personnel on the field. Now, particularly if you're going with a fair number of short passes in there, mixed in with an occasional long one, usually have a big edge in terms mm-hmm. of what you're doing there because your your opponent is not going to be able to substitute along the defensive front, which is where they're going to really need to. They might be able to substitute at safety or something like that, but they wouldn't be able to substitute on the defensive front. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I guess the next piece that we want to go into is, um, I guess, the way the Ravens could try to use it and talking about Lamar specifically. Mm-hmm. So I guess the next question is, does uh, you know John Harbaugh and Greg Roman trust Lamar enough to let him utilize that extra time to make audibles and kind of where is he in his development to, uh, and, and, and their trust in him. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting, an interesting comment. I mean, you got to be able to enunciate very clearly. You got to be able to, to project, uh, and, and, you know, get your, get your voice out there and you got to be able to do it sometimes with signals when you're on the road and the, and the mm-hmm. environment is too loud to, to be doing that. Your home crowd hopefully cooperates with you. Right. You know, and, 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 you know, it's offense at work kind of, kind of time and, and they'll let you do it. Um, but you, you really got to have a, a, a quarterback who can communicate well with that. It's, it would even call out maybe for that to be something Lamar works on in the off season, not necessarily speech, but maybe just, uh, you know, how words sound different to different people. It's maybe something that the Ravens really need to work on to come up with very identifiable words 
you know, kind of like uh, the the military the, you know, the foxtrot and yeah, yes, exactly. all that stuff. Tango, so, yeah, yeah. You, you need you need words that are specifically designed to be heard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. You know, I always have to say, you know, P for Papa, you know, because P and D are frequently mixed up when I'm uh, you know, spelling my name and stuff like that. There you go. So, uh, yeah, there, it, that's a real good point as well is what kind of word. I remember you were talking about uh, Geronimo being like a mm-hmm. code word to say, you know, we're, we're going to go down uh, and it, not score in a situation. Right. So mm-hmm. having like these identifiable, clear, uh, can't mistake for another word that also has meaning is it's right. important and you know they have to kind of come up with this uh, pseudo fake language and then the next question is um once you start using this language do you need to change it right you can't just say you know hollywood run a go route the same way every single time or it's not going to be as effective right yeah you need, you need to have an indicator set or something yeah. so you'd have maybe maybe you call it out three different ways so if you if you're talking the xyz routes and you and it's 159 or it's 247 you you have a you know whiskey 149 you know <laughs> tango 257 kind of thing and the problem is that they the, the numbers have to make sense to each other so a defender might be listening to three routes being run by the by the thing he say okay 257 doesn't make any sense cuz those routes overlap for example mm-hmm. So it, it could, uh, you know, they could figure it out from that sort of thing. Anyway, it's, it's, it's an interesting idea. I, it would be a, that would be a big quality control project to get right. That'd be a giant project. You, you would want to have multiple eyes on that to make sure that this, the stuff made sense relative to each other. And you probably want defensive players in on the discussion or at least defensive coaches to say, look, I, yeah. I get what you're trying to do there. The Ravens need to hire a linguist, of which I hear there are several in the area. <laughs> like, get a language expert in there to figure out how they uh, can best do this. But uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's a huge uh, kind of question of how do you best execute a plan like that? And and then you know you can look at how some of the greats, you know, like uh, Manning, for instance, mm-hmm. how he handled it. But how does that work in today's NFL? You know, there's it's it's a different league now. I feel like than it was um, even only a few years ago when he was playing. So. I don't know. It's, I think that's an interesting problem for Lamar and the rest of the Ravens to figure out over the offseason. Very high efficiency offenses today, mm-hmm. even higher than when Manning played. I mean, even Manning's uh, career um, passer rating would not be exceptional for today. It'd, be, it'd still be decent, but but it wouldn't be as exceptional it was. Brady certainly ascended throughout his career in terms of passer rating, and, and you, you, you see that going on. So, so the offenses are getting better, and the rules are getting easier. Yes. The offense to take advantage in terms of passing. Uh, you know, the other thing is, you know, teams are getting more aggressive. They're they're understanding the math of the game better, so they're going for it on fourth down more, which means they're also making better judgments about what they really need to do on third down, which are different. So it's okay mm-hmm. to throw short of the sticks if you only throw a yard short of the sticks on third down, mm-hmm. and and that's going to increase your chances to 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 grind out more first downs and and shorten the game in terms of total possessions. Uh, it's it's a uh, I would think, you know, if if anything, the need to substitute is higher now than it's been in the past. That's a cute dog. Just walking in the room, not making noise. <laughs> just, a, just the kind of dog we want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's right next to me and it's like, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but but the, the need to, um, uh, to get def- the, the opportunity to get all, uh, opposing offenses off the field on three plays is slightly less 
than it has been in the past. Offenses are more efficient in getting a first down on three plays, but they're also more efficient about getting into position to go forward on fourth down on three plays. Right. And <laughs> they're actually one, considering it. Yes. And and what's and, and and probably more efficient at getting to that point is is my is my thing. So third and five is not necessarily a don't run the ball down. It, it, you might run the ball if you're the Baltimore Ravens because you have a chance to get to fourth and one or two where you're going to go for it anyway. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah, I think that actually kind of ties into the last bit that we wanted to talk about was, okay, what do you do with these uh, you know, extra time at the line? Um, can it allow you to get out of maybe some patterns that you uh, normally have? Um, so I was looking today at the Ravens and their statistics when it came to um, – what what calls they made on second and yardage, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, what really stuck out to me was that on second down with one yard to go, 88.24% of the time, the Ravens ran the ball. Now, this also includes scrambles, so it's not... Um, I do want to point that out, that it probably wasn't 88% called run plays. Um, but it definitely seemed to have a tendency, because what you'll see is then on second down, 83% was uh, runs, Third down, 69.57, and fourth down, 61%. And then a cliff is hit. So five, six, seven, eight, and nine are all 29, 30, 13, 21, and 17. So uh, the sharp decline. Yeah, the script completely flips. And I thought that was really interesting. Uh, It seems like they had some tendencies um, as the season went on. Okay, so let's let's start talking sample size. Start with yeah, that for sure. So, so, the, so the very first one is point eight eight two four. Now, mm-hmm. uh, if you're a baseball fan, you subtract that from one, you get to one eighteen point one one eight, and you realize, oh, that's two for seventeen. You know, if somebody goes two for seventeen, they're hitting one eighteen. Uh, so that means fifteen out of seventeen times they ran the ball, and it, that's not a tiny sample size. Unfortunately, that's one time per game. The Ravens are in that position. Could have been two times per game that they got to second and one. I just don't, I don't mm-hmm. buy that. So one time per game sounds right about right anyway. 15 times running the ball sounds terrible. And that's the kind of thing, if you go to the line of scrimmage and, and you see what the opponent is up to at the line of scrimmage, you're going to, I think, identify more than two times you can take a shot under those circumstances. Mm-hmm. I, or or, or t- more, than, more than two ways to take a shot <laughs> yes. under those circumstances also. It just doesn't have to be Hollywood on a nine route. It could be Andrews. You know, it could be if, if you really have that kind of a tendency and your opponents are looking at it, their inside linebackers should be, you know, coming downhill on those plays. Yep. Show up the middle of the field. I agree. So yeah, it was definitely an interesting tendency that I kind of ran into today while looking for stats uh, to kind of uh, support this conversation. And um, I was like, Oh wow, this is, this is, even though it's a small sample or not, um, you know, it's not a huge amount of plays, all things considered. It is one play a game and that's enough for the, you know, teams have access to the same information, right? They can look at this and be like, okay, we know uh, on these down and distances, particularly with this kind of like cliff system, it's like, all right, if it's under five yards, let's really consider the run. And then you can look at personnel in addition to that. And, gain even more uh, you know, knowledge. It, it, would be, it would be good to look at game situation in those circumstances to see exactly where the Ravens were. If they were occurring all or mostly in the second half, big lead, that, that just wasn't where the 2021 Ravens were, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> past Ravens teams might have had a better argument for, uh, for you know, grinding out opponents with, with enormous snap count wins. But, uh, but this Ravens team, I, I, just, 
I'm not really buying it. And it's, I think it's probably is indicative of some good opportunities lost on both second and one and second and two. It's one of the things that a lot of people would say, and I, I guess I would be in agreement with it to start with, is that it's better to make a mistake like that in terms of play call on a low leverage down, like second and one or second and two. You're already likely mm-hmm. to get the first down. You're likely to continue the drive. But it's not. It, you still are, are losing some expected points on the play by not getting a bigger chunk of yardage. So it's there's a, a I, I can understand why you maybe would be willing to give something up on second and one or second and two uh, because the lower leverage than on first and ten or third and five either one of those for example mm-hmm. uh, but I still I still am not crazy about it yeah it's, Ken and actually this is a pretty good point that you bring up you do get a breakdown of the plays on either side of the field so okay um, the it does seem like the cliff is is pretty pronounced still uh, for the um, one, two, and three yard situations on second down. It's uh, pretty fuzzy when it comes to fourth down um, mm-hmm. with uh, actually, and then you start seeing a very interesting tendency in my opinion around uh, the seven yard mark. Um, so on the opponent's side of the field, um, or actually rather on the, your own side of the field, mm-hmm. Uh, which is what I was trying to get at anyways in my head. Uh, so on your side of the field, um, the Ravens drop down to low teens um, for running the ball. Right. Because they don't have fourth down to lean on. <laughs> yep, exactly. Whereas um, you you see a much bigger uptick. So a lot of their, uh, it was a lot more balanced in a way uh, on the, uh, when they're in scoring position, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's still a fair amount of runs on third and seven. Again, you know, we, we I don't know how many there are of those. It's probably not that much difference from the number of, of second and ones. Yeah. Somewhat different, but not not necessarily a lot different. You get fewer third downs. Something tells me that seven on third down is more common than one on second down. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it only relates to a nine-yard play, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, still, I... I uh, I would think they, you know, they might be similar in terms of, of the total number of times you would get there. Um, it... it I, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised. What, what percentage do they run the ball in third and seven in opponent territory? Third and seven in opponent territory, they ran twelve uh, percent of the time for this. Okay, so that's that's not really that one's a, kind of dramatic. Uh, the eight and nine and ten yards, they were in the thirties. Okay, yeah. So so, so it might be a lot of scrambles in there too, though. That's fair. Yeah, so, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think that's a. A unique problem with Lamar Jackson is <laughs> the running totals go up even in passing situations. So um, that's a really good point, Ken, because, I mean, there was several times he ran the ball, uh, you know, over 10 times and, and most of them weren't designed. Right. He had, I think he had 49 scrambles on the season. 49 or 59. It's one of those two in 17. Well, actually, not even 17. Yeah. Yeah. Less games than that right this year. Let me see mm-hmm. if I get the number of scrambles down. I know it's in here in the on the uh, pressure here. Yeah. 49 scrambles in 12 games for Lamar. He had 49 and 20. He had only 39 in 15 games in 2019. That incredible scrambling season. Wow. Only 39, 11.0 yards per scramble. That's and he really only did it 39 times. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's really interesting actually. Now, one of the things that's, that's lost in that is that your short sacks are taken out of that scramble category, you know, sacks for, for like mm-hmm. a one or two yard loss. So you don't get that. I think this is a fascinating notional topic, and I hope it's something that Lamar will work on at some point. Right now, 
you know, my first, my first hope for Lamar is that just, he gets back healthy and, you know, gets all of the normal throwing mechanics back on all the normal, you know, he's going to be here at this point, you know, I, I, things, things are working again, but boy, mm-hmm. it'd be nice to see him make some advances as a field general too. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you. Uh, hopefully uh, he said after the Super Bowl, he'll be uh, starting to practice again and getting on that uh, ankle. And I hope that's the case because, uh, yeah, he needs all the time he can get at this point. And, um, yeah, just looking forward to seeing the adjustments that are made. I think Ravens fans should feel pretty confident that um, it won't be the same old same old next year. It definitely feels like there's some change in the air in many regards. Um, and uh, the team's constantly trying to improve, and that's a great thing. We're, we're recording this on Tuesday night, uh, and there was video out there today of Lamar actually practicing. Oh, Couldn't great. really tell much about the ankle. Uh, it wasn't taped or wasn't covered, wasn't wrapped. Uh, but uh, but he didn't he didn't also wasn't going all out or anything. He's just you know a three step drop, five step drop kind of thing, and throwing some passes. All right, well that's progress. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll like that. I know bone bruises can take a while to heal, so I totally can understand why he was not ready to roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. well, it's it's good. To, it definitely is good to see him on the field again. And Alec, it's always great to have you on this show. Uh, good notional topic. I'm glad you came up with this one. It's kind of a little bit abstract, you know. And a lot of this is is information that's not as easily quantifiable. You kind of mentioned that with some of the, you know, the penalty stuff. And, mm. you know, even when it's just barely not a penalty, we don't know. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a really legitimate point, but it's also something that it would be really nice to see the Ravens do better. Absolutely. Ken. Yeah. I hope that uh, we see more, you know, that there's not much value in huddles, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it only takes so long to call the play. Uh, you can get a lot more information when you turn around and see what defense is waiting for you and uh, be able to adjust. Yeah. And I, I, there, there could be an exception to that, but we're not going to do this. Service. Thanks so much for coming. <laughs> with, t- tell folks where they can find your work. Let's do that. Sure. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter, Ravens underscore recap, and you can listen to our podcast at ravensrecap.com or on uh, any other podcast, uh, you know, listening app you use. All right. Outstanding. Other folks out there, if you want to do a Fixing the Ravens podcast, hit me up with your ideas. Uh, DMs are open on Twitter. I'm, e- I'm eager to hear about it. I have a few really good ones here. Uh, looking for stuff that that uh, is a little bit abstract, kind of narrow in focus. This getting the line of scrimmage is perfect in terms of it being a fairly narrow focus. And yet we still talk, you know, in some depth for over about 25 minutes. That's just what I'm looking for. Alec, thanks again for coming on. Of course. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.